Hello, my name's Dr Rachel Saville and I'm one of the respiratory registrars in the East Midlands. Today I'm going to talk to you about NIV, its main indications, contraindications, as well as some of the logistics of setting up and monitoring somebody on NIV. Non-invasive ventilation, or NIV, is a method of oxygen delivery under positive pressure via a tight-fitting face mask. NIV is used in respiratory failure and is distinguished from invasive ventilation by the lack of tracheal tube, laryngeal mask or tracheostomy that bypass the upper airways. The term NIV refers to both BiPAP, bi-level positive airways pressure, and CPAP, continuous positive airways pressure. BiPAP delivers two different pressures depending on inspiration or expiration which is where the terms IPAP and EPAP come from respectively. Ventilation is provided mainly by IPAP, increasing the positive airways pressure outside of the lungs, pushing it into the lungs as it goes down the pressure gradient, reducing the work for the respiratory muscles and increasing the forced residual capacity or amount of air left in the lungs after full expiration, which expands the chest and the lungs. EPAP works by recruiting or opening the bronchioles and alveoli that normally collapse at the end inspiration and this improves gas exchange and allows the removal of exhaled gas. This means breathing requires less energy and there is a greater surface area for gas exchange. In the acute setting, BiPAP NIV is used in type 2 respiratory failure with a respiratory acidosis pH less than 7.35, as in our case in the question. CPAP NIV, on the other hand, is fixed positive pressure throughout inspiration and expiration, which splints the airways open. CPAP is used in type 1 respiratory failure and obstructive sleep apnea, and can provide higher delivery of inspired oxygen than other oxygen masks. Indications in the context of optimal medical management already being in place, BiPAP can be used in the following. COPD with respiratory acidosis, a pH of less than 7.35 and a PCO2 of greater than 6. Hypercapnic respiratory failure, secondary to chest wall deformity, which may be due to scoliosis or thoracoplasty, or in neuromuscular diseases. It can also be used when weaning from tracheal intubation. CPAP can be used for cardiogenic pulmonary edema, obstructive sleep apnea, pneumonia as an interim measure before intubation and invasive ventilation or as a ceiling of care. And in chest wall trauma in those who remain hypoxic despite high flow oxygen and adequate pain relief. You have to check that they haven't got a pneumothorax first. Contraindications. Absolute contraindications include vomiting or excess secretions due to the aspiration risk, facial burns and trauma, an untreated pneumothorax, and recent facial, upper GI or upper airways surgery. Relative contraindications, 
i.e. it can be used if NIV is the ceiling of care or if there's a plan for intubation and ventilation, include confusion or agitation, impaired consciousness, a GCS less than 8, or an inability to protect their own airway, bowel obstruction, hypotension, a systolic blood pressure less than 90, or buller, known or seen on chest x-ray. Initiating BiPAP. In the context of an exacerbation of COPD with respiratory acidosis and type 2 respiratory failure, adequate medical management must come first. This is the use of controlled oxygen via Venturi, aiming for saturations between 88 and 92%, salbutamol and ipotropium nebulizers, steroids whether they be oral or intravenous and antibiotics if indicated. Following that you must find an appropriately sized mask. This is to maintain good pressures it's important that you have a good seal. BiPAP is often started with an IPAP of 10 and an EPAP of 4. BTS guidelines recommend increasing the IPAP to between 20 to 30 within the first 10 to 30 minutes. Higher pressures are required if the patient's obese or if they have a more severe acidosis. Increasing the IPAP by 2 to 5 centimeter intervals by approximately 5 centimeters every 10 minutes is continued until a therapeutic response is achieved within the first 30 minutes. Maximum recommended levels are 30 over 8. Especially at higher pressures, the patient should be managed on a HDU or respiratory ward where the nursing staff are trained and use NIV regularly. There is an increased risk of pneumothorax with higher pressures. The addition of oxygen is only used if saturations are less than 88% to maintain targets of 88 to 92 CPAP is often started at 4 and gradually increased to reduce the hypoxia. Monitoring. Continuous ECG monitoring and pulse oximetry should be used in the first 24 hours. You're aiming for saturations of 94 to 98% or 88 to 92% in CO2 retainers. NIV can be supplemented with oxygen if required. In addition, close monitoring of other vital signs is required. These include blood pressure, ensuring the patient is not becoming hypotensive. If so, you will need a full A to E assessment and if on BiPAP, consider reducing the IPAP. Respiratory rate. This is a sensitive measure of how hard someone is working to breathe and consciousness level. Arterial blood gases should be taken prior to starting BiPAP and around 30 to 60 minutes after any change until stable. At a minimum, blood gases should be taken at 1, 4 and 12 hours after initiation. Titrating BiPAP. Increasing the IPAP reduces the PaCO2 which you aim to reduce by one kilopascal an hour. Increasing the EPAP improves the PO2. 
you should set the backup rate at approximately 14 and the timed inspiration between 1 and 1.4 seconds. You aim to continue BiPAP as much as possible for the first 24 hours if it's providing a therapeutic benefit. This means there's a resolution of the acute underlying cause and the acidosis is corrected, so the pH is now greater than 7.35. Weaning BiPAP is usually performed by trials off NIV during the day, gradually increasing in the length of time off the machine. Overnight BiPAP is usually the last to stop, as respiratory effort naturally reduces overnight. Usually, even after BiPAP is no longer required in the day, a further night of BiPAP is recommended. CPAP, in an acute setting, can be weaned much more quickly when the patient is stable and no longer in respiratory distress. The settings can be reduced by 2 cm every 5 to 10 minutes, and if stable at 4, they can be trialled on nasal cannula. Complications If CPAP or the EPAP is too high, this causes reduced venous return and consequently hypotension. If the IPAP is too high, this also causes reduced venous return and consequently hypotension. It can cause the mask to leak, reduces tolerance, and can lead to gastric distension with the risk of vomiting and aspiration. Sometimes it's necessary to insert an NG tube. NIV masks can cause pressure damage in 5-10% to of patients, especially over the bridge of the nose. This can be managed with padding and the use of different face masks or helmets. An acute pneumothorax can occur, especially in those with known interstitial lung disease Buller or previous pneumothorax, and the development of unexplained agitation or chest pain should warrant further investigation, and insertion of an intercostal drain is usually required if a pneumothorax is identified. NIV can worsen claustrophobia or anxiety, which may preclude its use. Summary NIV is used to deliver oxygen via a face mask for those in respiratory failure, which has not responded to medical management. The patient must either consent to its use, or it be deemed in the patient's best interest if they lack capacity, and it requires close monitoring to ensure it's effective. If it is ineffective, despite checking the previously mentioned troubleshooting problems, the patient should be considered for palliation or escalation of care to ITU. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you found this useful.